Open your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John. We've been in fact in 1 John for a couple weeks now. Um, working through the letters of John. So we'll go all the way through 1 John, verse by verse. And then we'll go through 2 John and through 3 John. So those are two really short letters of John that we'll see. But we're walking through uh, 1 John right now. So let's, let's do a little bit of recap of where we are in 1 John. A little bit of the background. So why did John write this letter? The purpose of John writing this letter was to address and to combat false teaching that was taking place uh, that had led some people away. People were following teachings of Jesus that were not true. They were holding to these new beliefs about Jesus that weren't true. It was an early form of what we now know as Gnosticism. And really, that's just a fancy word for what it means. is that this group of people believed they had a special kind of knowledge that you believe Jesus and this new revelation about Jesus. And so uh, John wrote this letter to address that. Say, hey, that's some false teaching. That is not truth. And to give the believers that he was writing to, these believers around uh, Ephesus, in and around Ephesus, that what they had believed about Jesus, the truth about what God has said about Jesus, is true. That they were to be assured of that. He was writing to affirm them of the true doctrine that they had held fast to. So let's let's walk back through the verses in in chapter 1 and up to chapter 2 at this point. Let's see what we've talked about. So the, the first week in the first four verses that... The Jesus, the Word of Life, we see this truth about Jesus. He came, He was incarnate, meaning He came, He took on flesh, He became a person, the truth incarnate. We see the truth about Jesus. The next section of verses talked about walking in fellowship with God, walking in the light, not walking in the darkness, not living in sin and saying you're a Christian, but, but walking in the light. In chapter 2, verses 1-6, through six, we see Christ as our propitiation. That's a big word. You guys remember what propitiation is? Propitiation. He is the satisfactory. Uh, he was the satisfaction of God's wrath. So he was a sacrifice that satisfied God's wrath. Jesus died on the cross to pay the sacrifice and to be the sacrifice for sin. And he wrote to give them assurance of salvation. You see in verse three, and then later on uh, in verse five, that we can know we can know that we have come to know Christ. So to give them assurance of salvation. In chapter 2, verses 7 through 14, John wrote about loving fellow Christians, about not hating other people. You can't say you love Christ and hate your brother. Like, that doesn't work like that. You, you are to love other believers, to love your fellow Christians. And then last week, we looked at verses 15 through 17 about not loving the world. And we remember from James that if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. You, you can't love the world and God, you can't be devoted to God and the world. For you'll love one and hate the other. Jesus taught about that in the Sermon on the Mount. And so, this next section of verses, we see something that may be a little different at first. And it's, it's about uh, John's addressing antichrists. He's given some warning concerning antichrists. Um, this, this subject is where we get to in chapter 2, verse 19. The reason that John wrote this letter was that some were leaving the faith. They were going out from the fellowship of the believers because they were believing these false teachings about Jesus. So let me, let me pray and then let's, let's read 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. Father, as we, as we read Your Word, would You just open our eyes to see Your Word? Would You open our ears to hear it, our minds to understand it, our hearts to receive it with confidence, to receive it assuredly? 
and to respond to you in obedience, to live, to believe the true things about Jesus. But not just to believe them, but to live according to them. And so, Lord, would you transform our lives? Would you make us more like you? Would you teach us what we are to believe? And would you teach us how we are to live? And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Read with me. Chapter 2, beginning in verse number 18. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lies of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He made to us eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you received from Him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in Him. In this section of verses, John addresses Antichrists. Antichrists. I mentioned earlier in chapter 2, up in verse 19, we see they went out from us, but they were not of us. This, this reason that John wrote the letter. This is the first time they is mentioned in this letter. John's been writing to these believers, giving them instruction, assurance, and now he gets to this point where he writes, references, they. Who are they? Who are they? The Antichrist, right? Look back at verse 18. Children's the last hour. And as you've heard that Antichrist is summing, so now many Antichrists have come. So we know it's the last hour. They, who's they? The Antichrist. Well, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Those who've abandoned the faith. Those who've abandoned the faith, the truth of Jesus. So what has happened is that a group of people has left the fellowship of believers. They've left the faith. They've left the church and instead they're following a new distorted teaching, a false teaching about Jesus concerning the identity of Jesus. And John focuses on this doctrinal issue that's the center of all this trouble that's taking place among these believers in this church. And so there's four considerations I want to see as we as we look at Antichrist versus true believers. Because if you look in verse 19, let's just let's just count real quick the, see the difference between they and us, all right? They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. You see this division. John's making it very clear. There are people who are true believers and there are people who are not. 
And there's no like, well, I'm kind of a true believer, but no. you're either a true believer or you're not. And John makes this distinction. So let's let's consider these uh, four. I got four things that I want to talk about tonight. So the first is that antichrists abandon the truth. Antichrists abandon the truth. We see this from the text in verses 18 and 19. Verse 18 it says, "Antichrist is coming." You've heard that antichrist is coming, but I tell you, many antichrists have come. These believers knew that they were in the last day. All right, so they're in the last days. So when we reference last days, a lot of times we want to think of Revelation, the end of the world, the last time. And really, we are living in the last days. We've been living in the last days since Jesus ascended into heaven. So that is the last days. So we're in the last days. They believed, uh, they, they knew that. And they knew that Antichrist was coming. So they, they, you know, we see in the Old Testament some, some passages, some prophecies, you, you, you see about this reference to the Antichrist, the, the one who will come, this, this figure, we, we think about Revelation, this figure who will stand in opposition to Jesus, and we, we kind of picture that. And yes, there, there is coming a day where there will be this figure, and it's, I don't understand how all that's going to work out, but the Antichrist who will come to stand in opposition of Jesus. But we also see here from John's uh, letter that many antichrists have already come. Many antichrists have come. This figure, this future figure is not John's concern. He's concerned with the people that are already present who are spreading a false gospel, who are teaching things about Jesus that are not true and trying to lead people astray to believe things about Jesus that are not true. John wrote this letter to address this issue of those who had left the fellowship of believers. And I mentioned earlier about this clear distinction between us and they. Between us and they. True believers and antichrists. A telling characteristic that distinguishes between true and false believers is whether or not someone remains in the truth. Perseverance in the faith. We know that as a believer, we will persevere. All right, you know, we, we know our salvation is secure. You're not going to lose your salvation as a believer. But a telling sign of whether a person is genuinely a Christian or not is if they persevere in the faith. And so these people left. And if you look at verse 19, the, it says they went out from us, but they were not of us. And then John gives some reason. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. They would have persevered. If they were truly Christians, they would have persevered. But the fact that they're leaving the faith, the fact that they've left the fellowship of believers shows that they really are not Christians. Antichrists abandon the truth concerning Jesus Christ. True com- I love this quote. True converts persevere in the faith and remain in vital connection with the faithful church. If you are a true believer, you remain true to the faith and you remain faithful to the body of Christ. Because you understand the importance of church, of the church. You take church membership seriously because you understand the value of being a part of the local body of believers. For edification, for sanctification, to build one another up in Christ. So true believers remain faithful to the truth about Jesus Christ. And they remain in vital connection with other believers. The fact that these people were leaving the faith and the church... Proved it didn't. It, it wasn't like, oh, well, they're just. I guess they just are having a bad day. No, it just proves because they completely abandoned. It proves they never really belonged to Christ. 
in the first place. John is not teaching. I've kind of mentioned this, but John's not teaching that people can lose their salvation. Judas is a great example of that. We look at the 12 disciples of Jesus. And you see Judas, he betrayed Jesus. Was, I mean, Judas serves as a warning that you can be a part of a local body of believers. You can be a part, you can be around Jesus people and really not belong to Jesus. And so these people who are in the church, who they, they had connections, they had friends in the church. They may have family members who were some of these people. But they left the faith proving they never belonged to God. They left the faith proving that they had turned their back on the truth of Jesus Christ. And why is this so important? Why is this so important? It's because Christianity is centered on the personal work of Jesus Christ. If we take Jesus out of the equation, then we can, you know, then who cares what we do? Why do we have to be so exclusive? Why is Christianity exclusive? It's because Jesus Christ Himself claimed to be the way, truth, and life. And if we take, if we take Christ out of the picture, then we, have a, we don't have Christianity. These people were taking Christ and they were just making Christ who they wanted Christ to be. And this was false teaching. This was false teaching. Their abandonment, these people's abandonment of the faith showed they didn't belong to God in the first place. They may have had the appearance of a believer, but they weren't believers. There are people that you may see on TikTok or on Instagram, or you may hear about these people, maybe like famous preachers who, maybe you listen to them and you're like, something, they, they got some good things going, but some things just don't really seem right. You need to be aware of those people. I'm not going to just get onto all that, but I'm saying you need to be aware of those people because you can be associated with things. You can have the appearance of godliness, of being a Christian. But if you're denying the truth of Jesus, if you're denying the truth of Scripture, then you're not a believer. You're not a believer. True believers will continue in the faith. And antichrists abandon the faith. Continuing on to verse 20 and 21. True believers know the truth. Whereas antichrists abandon the truth, true believers know the truth. Verse 20, John gives assurance to these who have remained faithful to the truth and affirms our salvation. Read verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One and you have all knowledge. You've been anointed. You're not like them. They're going away. But you, you've been anointed by the Holy One. John's talking about the conversion. You have been converted. You are regenerate. You are saved. You've been saved by God's grace. You've been anointed by the Holy One. The Spirit has illuminated your mind to know the truth. You know the truth and you understand the truth. You have knowledge. Unlike those who've turned away from the faith, they don't have knowledge. They don't know God. But you, you know God. The Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to understand the truth about Jesus and you know God. True believers know the truth. They know the Gospel. They know the Gospel. These believers, uh, just imagine this. These believers, just, just imagine if half of you in this room just said, you know what, I'm done with Christianity just left. Started believing things about Jesus that weren't true. Started just kind of living things a little bit differently. Maybe you have family members like that. Your close friends. You'd be a little shaken up. Like, I love that person. I trust that person. I know that person. That, what, what, what's going on here? These believers, no doubt, were shaken up by the fact that 
people in their church that they knew and loved were not genuine believers. Because John says if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But the fact that they were leaving shows they weren't. And so John sought to encourage these believers. John sought to encourage them, those who remain faithful to this apostolic teaching of Jesus, who Jesus is. John was reminding these believers that they had the Holy Spirit to teach them the truth and to protect them in the truth. They had the Holy Spirit teaching them and protecting them in the truth. You and I have the same Holy Spirit living in us as a Christian. As a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you to protect you and to guide you in the truth. Let me ask you a question. How do you know something's wrong? Because you know it's right. Makes sense. How do you know 2 plus 2 is not 76? Yeah, because you know 2 plus 2 is 4. That's a silly illustration. But you, you know 2 plus 2 is 4. So you know that 2 plus 2 is not 76. How are you able to recognize deception and false teaching concerning Jesus? By knowing what's right. By knowing the truth about who Jesus is. You can recognize deception when you know the truth. And so the more time you spend with God, not just reading the Bible, looking for principles for your life, trying to make yourself feel better, encourage yourself, but to look for God, to know Him. The more time you spend in the Scriptures learning who God is and knowing God, the better you will be able to recognize deception The Holy Spirit has taught and continues to teach you the truth. These believers were facing a crisis concerning the truth. And John wanted them to be confident in their belief in the truth. He wanted them to be confident. Not to doubt. Not to wonder, well, should I follow their teaching? They're they're going this way. They're saying these things about Jesus. Should Should I believe that? John wanted them to be confident in their belief in the truth. And I just, I want to, I'm sure you're aware of this, but I want to I make sure I tell you this. You are growing up in a culture that claims that truth is relative. You know what I mean by that? That truth is relative. That you can have a truth, but it doesn't have to be true for me. You get to pick your truth. Your truth, my truth, this truth, that truth, red fish, blue fish. Well, I mean, like, who cares? I mean, we, we, you guys are growing up in a culture where truth just doesn't matter. You're growing up in a culture that people can just choose whatever they want to believe and it can be true. And this is, this is post-modernism. We're growing up in a culture that a majority of the people believe that just all religions lead to heaven. You pick your religion, you live it as sincerely as you can, and God's going to be pleased with that. That's not true. That's not true at all. Jesus very exclusively said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very exclusive statement. We live in a culture about our own truth. Just all religions lead to heaven. Live however you want. God will love you. He's a God of love and forgiveness. It doesn't matter how you live. God will love you and forgive you. For those who place their faith and trust in Jesus. Regarding sexuality. Think about the whole... LGBTQ plus movement, the, the sexual revolution, this modern sexual revolution. You can be whatever you want to be. You can identify as however you want to identify. You can identify as your sexuality preference. 
This is a lie. God is, we, we see this in creation. It's, it's rooted. God created man in his own image. But our culture says, be true to yourself. And people are convinced and, and deceived into believing lies. And so we, you guys are facing this crisis of truth. Do, is, is truth relative or is it absolute? Is, is there truth or can I just decide what seems good and that be truth? This, what John was facing here with these believers, you guys are facing today just in a different way. But it's concerning truth. Truth. And when we look at what was taking place here, we look what's taking place in our culture. We see a lot of just lies around us. And lies have no place in truth. As a believer, if you are a believer, you know the truth. The truth lives inside of you because of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And the Holy Spirit leads you in the truth. And teaches you and guides you according to the truth. So be confident in the truth. Stand firm in the truth. Proclaim the truth. Defend the truth. Because as believers, you can know the truth. You can know and you do know the truth. So study the truth. What is the truth? God's Word. Study the truth. Know who God is. Know what the Bible says about Jesus. The Bible has authority. The Bible has authority. It has all authority. And so when we look at our lives, when we look at what is true, what is not true, look to Scripture to see what God says. Because that is where truth lies. Know the truth. Know the truth. Thirdly, we see the Antichrist deny Jesus. Antichrist deny Jesus. So some things about Antichrist before, they, they don't know the truth. They abandon the truth. And they deny Jesus. The true identity of Jesus is a central part of the truth believers know. And to deny this truth is to lie. To deny the truth of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, is to be anti-Christ. Against Christ. Anti-Christ. When I was reading this and studying this, I thought of Peter in Matthew 16 where Jesus was asking His disciples who people were saying that He was. Or he said, who people say I am? So I'm like, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and some say other prophet or somebody else. And Jesus turns to His disciples and says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter very boldly and proudly says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the truth about Christ. This is who Christ is. Jesus was the anointed one sent from God. Jesus was not a, he did not come as a political revolutionary or a great prophet and teacher. Now, there was kind of a revolution that, that took place. He was a great prophet, he was a great teacher. But Jesus came as the Son of God to bear the sins of the world on the cross, to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the Savior of the world, to be salvation. And the only way that we can be restored back to the Father. If you remember when, when Jesus was coming and He was, he was uh, I think He was close to the end of His life here on earth. And, and some people were asking Him, when, when was Israel going to be restored? Jesus, we thought You were this great political king. This, this person who was going to restore Israel back to His greatness. And Jesus was like, I, I didn't come to restore this earthly kingdom. I came to bring God's kingdom here to earth. And so... 
Jesus wasn't this political guy. And a lot of times we want to politicize Jesus as, as someone. And, and we, we can really go down some really bad rabbit holes when we do that. But Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. He came to seek and to save the lost. Look at verse 22. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? So those who deny Jesus as the Christ are liars. Continue on. So who is this Antichrist? Who are these Antichrists we're talking about? John makes this very clear for any confusion we may have. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. And then we see right at verse 23, no one who denies the Son has the Father. So what about other world religions? What about Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses? What about these other major world religions? Or are, are, are they true? Are they really false? Will some of them include Jesus? Well, Mormons, they use the Bible and the Book of Mormon. They believe in their made-up version of Jesus. Other religions, they, they see Jesus as a great prophet. Jesus is important, right? That's good enough, right? Jesus is important in a lot of religions and worldviews and ideologies. A lot of people value His teachings. A lot of people really appreciate how He reached out to those who were social outcasts. I was reading earlier this week in Luke 19 about Jesus and Zacchaeus. He called Zacchaeus down. This guy everybody hated. He was a tax collector that took a lot of more money than he should from people. And everybody hated him. But Jesus reached out to him and said, Hey, I'm going to your house. I'm about to come to your house. People appreciated how He seemed to reach out to those who were outcasts, marginalized. How He healed people and cared for people. People appreciate that. But don't say anything about Jesus being the only way for salvation. Don't say anything about Jesus being God. Because that Don't say anything that's essential to the Gospel because that's exclusive. Because that hurts my feelings. People like Jesus when they can make Jesus into their own image. When Jesus is love and forgiveness and accepts me as I am, but not when He's just and righteous and the propitiation of our sins. A lot of people want to make Jesus who they want Him to be. And they like that Jesus. But the Bible is very clear on who Jesus is. Jesus is the eternal God. John 1, 1-3. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. We see Jesus was with God in the beginning. Nothing on earth was made without Jesus. He is the eternal God. Jesus is the only way to the Father. I've already mentioned John 14.6. Jesus was God in flesh. John 1.14. The Bible is very clear on who Jesus is. And we're not to make up Jesus to be whoever we want Him to be. We're to look to the Bible to see who Jesus is. Who the Bible says that Jesus is. And you're going to encounter people, and you probably already have encountered people, and you probably do on a regular basis, 
who they don't believe what the Bible says about Jesus. And you don't have to give some of this. It's not, and a lot of it, really, it's not this whole philosophical argument of, well, I don't really believe. It's really just, I don't want to believe that. I like my version of Jesus better. That's what a lot of you guys encounter and are going to encounter. It's just people who just, they don't believe what the Bible says about Jesus. They deny Jesus. They add to Jesus. Well, yeah, Jesus plus this. That's what these people were doing in, in, in this uh, situation right here. They were adding to and taking away from Jesus. They're saying, well, Jesus really wasn't human because we believe all flesh is, uh, are all matters evil. So therefore, he couldn't have been human. Well, that's adding to and taking away. That's, that's a distorted view of Jesus. John is very clear that anyone who rejects Jesus, anyone who rejects the truth about Jesus as revealed in Scripture is anti-Christ. Verse 22. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. Oh yeah. We'll stick with it, guys. Let's go. This, I'm going to keep going, and we're just going, if the power comes back on, we'll see what happens. We've had some issues, so. All right. If you guys want to get your flashlights out and see some light or whatever, but we're going to continue on. You hear that? Hey, let's, let's, we'll, we'll use that as kind of a talking about Jesus being the only way, the Antichrist is he who denies the Father. Satan doesn't like that, so we'll, we'll, we'll look at it like that. So. All right, guys. Let's get back. Let's get back. And so the, what I'm talking about with Jesus, this isn't just a personal preference of mine. This isn't just an opinion. This is fact. This is who Jesus is. This is true for all times and all places. This is, this is true. The Father and the Son are one, so to deny Jesus is to deny the Father. And there's no way to know God except through Jesus. We know God the Father through Jesus the Son. And to deny Him is to be anti-Christ. So think about your life. Think about those who you know. Do they deny Jesus? The Jesus of the Bible. What God says about Jesus. What God's Word reveals Jesus to be. Who He reveals it to be. And then lastly... True believers abide in Jesus. True believers abide in Jesus. Hey, there we go. This is what leads John to continue his next thoughts in verses at the end of verse 23 and through verse 27. True believers abide in Jesus. Look at me at the end of verse 23. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. That makes me think back to the chapter 1, verse 1. Right? That which is from the beginning, which you've seen and heard. All this about Jesus that we've talked about. That from the beginning. This truth about Jesus. Let that abide in you. Have confidence of that. And then abide in Jesus. The true teaching you've had of Jesus from the beginning. Let that abide in you. Don't abandon it like these other people are doing. Don't leave the fellowship. Don't leave the faith like they're doing. Stay strong. Let this abide in you. Let this remain in you. If you persevere and remain faithful to the truth, and the truth is in you, then you abide in the Son and in the Father. 
And you have the promise that is given to you. And what's the promise that he's given to us? Verse 25, eternal life. The promise that we have for trusting in Jesus, for remaining in Jesus, for holding fast to the truth, is that God has promised us eternal life. Don't, John, John is essentially saying, don't move on to another teaching just because it's new or it may sound good. It's, it's kind of enticing. 2 Timothy 3 talks about how there will be godlessness in the last days and people are going to look for what tickles their ears. They're going to listen for what sounds Ooh, I like that guy. He says things I like. I, that's what I'm going to follow. John says, don't do that. Don't move on to another teaching. You have from the beginning what you need, the truth about Jesus. And if you persevere, and if you abide in the Son and the Father, you have this promise. Stick to the truth of Jesus and abide in Him. And I, I read this quote uh, in a commentary as I was studying this, and I thought it was just really powerful. The key to perseverance here is holding fast to proper doctrine. The key to perseverance is holding fast to proper doctrine. How do you persevere in your faith? By holding fast to proper doctrine. By remaining true to the truth about Jesus. By knowing this and believing this. By knowing who God is and believing it. Not being led astray. But standing firm. Those who have abandoned the faith, those who have turned away from the faith, are under God's wrath. Those who do not believe the truth about Jesus stand under God's wrath. Those who persevere to the end, believing the truth about Jesus, will be saved. Those whom God has saved will never be lost. If you're a Christian, a genuine, true believer, you will never be lost. Your faith will be tested, but God will not lose you. Romans 8, 31 through 36, or whatever the rest of that, end of that passage, 31 and following, 38, talks about just this security that Paul had about, he said, I'm confident, neither death nor life nor angels, nothing can separate us from the love of God. If you belong to Christ, you are eternally secure. Just let that sink in. We, these are things we've heard, but let that sink in. You are eternally secure. You will never be lost. But that doesn't mean we just go around living and believing what we want to do. Remain faithful to the gospel. Remain faithful to believe what Jesus has done and who he is. John wrote these things to believers in and around Ephesus so that they would not be deceived. Verse 26 says that. I write these things to you so that about those who are trying to deceive you. These antichrists, were, they were leading others astray. They were trying to lead others astray. Trying to lead them away from the faith by presenting a new teaching about Jesus. Hey, here's a new version of Jesus that you need to believe. John affirmed the truth of Jesus according to the Scriptures and encouraged believers to stay strong in the faith. Stay strong in the truth. As we abide in Jesus and He abides in us, we will know the truth and the Holy Spirit teaches us all truth. Look at me in verse 27. But the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in Him. Abide in the truth. And the gospel will continue to instruct and guide you. 
If you abide in the truth, if you abide in Christ, the gospel will instruct you. It will guide you. It will lead you. And it will call you to abide more in Christ. And to not chase after every wind of doctrine that Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 4. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and following a couple verses, he, God gifted the church with, with uh, pastors and shepherds and overseers and teachers and evangelists to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You look at, just continue on. So that we wouldn't be, so that the reason I'm here is to equip you for ministry, to teach you, to lead you, to guide you, so that you're not going to be led astray by every wind of doctrine, just by everything that comes your way. So I'm to teach you the truth of God's Word so that you will know the truth, you can believe the truth, you can live according to the truth, and so that when somebody else comes around and they're trying to teach a different gospel, as Paul talked about, just let them be damned to hell. That's what he said. If there's anybody else that comes around preaching a gospel different from what you've heard, the truth about Jesus, let them be damned to hell. That's what he says. And so I'm to teach you the truth about Jesus so that when other people come and you hear things that are not what the Bible says, you're like, hold on a second. Something's not right. And you're not led astray by a false teaching, but your, your radars are up and you know the truth. In verse 27, when you look at it, it can be kind of confusing at first because in there, John talks about how we don't need anybody to teach us. You don't need anybody to teach you. John's not saying that there's no need for Christian education. I mean, he, he's writing this letter to teach and to instruct other believers, right? And that would completely go against Jesus had a teaching ministry. I mean, there, it would completely go against a lot in Scripture. He's not saying that. But what, Jesus, what John is saying is that there's no need to start over from ground zero with your beliefs. You, you have this firm foundation of the truth of who Jesus is. Don't let somebody else come in here and say, well, really, let's just move that away and start over. Hold fast to the truth that you already know. False teachers, these, the apostles teaching plus something else. False teaching is Jesus and. Jesus and good works. That's false teaching. Jesus and anything else. It's not the gospel. What John was communicating was that you as a believer know the truth. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and He illumines you in the truth of Scripture and gives you discernment to recognize what is true and what is false. When I was reading this, I was kind of intrigued because we've not really talked about the Antichrist much. We've not talked about end times much here in youth. We've, we've, we look at the text, but we've not really talked about any of that. And you may be familiar with it just from your own study or maybe you've heard it and you, you've done some things on your own. But a lot of people, they immediately go to like end times, revelation, end of the world, that kind of stuff. And, and rightly so. But here, John is concerned not with that. But what was taking place right there? And we need to be aware of that as well. We, we need to be aware of the many antichrists in the world today. And who are these people? Who are these people that we need to be aware of? John, verse 22. Verse 22. This is the antichrist. The one who denies the Father and the Son. The ones who deny Jesus. True believers hold fast to the faith and true doctrine concerning Jesus. And they remain in the fellowship of believers. Antichrists are those who deny Jesus and who leave the fellowship. And it's important that you know the truth. It's important that you know truth and remain in fellowship with believers so that you can discern what is true by the Holy Spirit teaching you the Word of God and leading you. 
John has given multiple tests, multiple things in the text so far for you to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Test yourself according to the Scriptures to see if you are in the faith. Ask God to teach you. God, teach me your word. Teach me to know who you are. Teach me your truth so that I may know you and may live according to your truth. So a challenge for you guys tonight as we get ready to leave is to to focus on the truth. Know the truth. Know what is true so that you can recognize what is not true. Discerning truth in among deceivers. I titled the message that tonight. Because you all need to be able to discern truth. I'm here to help you, but if you just only rely on me, you only rely on Brother Charlie, you only rely on somebody else, and you're not relying on the Holy Spirit to teach you, you can be easily deceived. Study the truth, know the truth, and live according to the truth.